SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I'll tell you the most important figure in the Redskin anarchy, not the owner, not the general manager, not the whoever, it's their head coach, Ron Rivera. They did get the right man for the job. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly on this Monday, July 20th. Scott Wetzel, yes, sitting in for the next two hours as we always do. Taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, oppositefix.com, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away emails, tweets, phone calls right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday, July 20th. Well, what are we going to talk about today? How about the Wetzel Black Cloud, Tony Finau, unlucky 13, let's play a full nine. If Tiger can, anybody could. NFL twits or tweets? Uh, hold on to your hats, Red Sox fans, some good news. One man's riches is another man's trash. No place like home, home, silent home. And how about home alone? Ignorant is bliss and uh, talk about coming off the canvas. We'll get to all those stories on this Monday. Phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats again for a Monday, July 20th. What's up, my friends? How was your weekend? Hopefully it was well. Getting set for a big uh, week of July 20th through the 25th. Uh, hopefully everything went well for me. Not uh, not too bad of a weekend. You know, went home, uh, fixed up the, the, my father's house a little bit as we continue to try and sell that. Caught a little golf, caught a little baseball Saturday night, caught a little baseball last night, which was a beautiful thing. It is nice, I must say, even though there were no fans in the stands, uh, and, you know, it was only exhibition anyway, but it was good to see a little baseball. Abs- absolutely. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come, that the baseball season can get underway. A lot of news about baseball that we'll get into, some NFL stuff, and uh, great news if you're a Red Sox fan, or at least encouraging news. We'll get to it all coming up. Big news and bad beats on a Monday morning. It's kind of SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Well, he's dialed in for sure, and he knows this place better than anybody. This is an 18th start. Five wins. A lot of it comes off memory. That's a beautiful shot there. Number, if we can. 
Does this look familiar, Christina? Oh, this is very, very reminiscent of the Tiger Woods that we all know and love. Back-to-back -back birdies for Tiger Woods. Even an applause from the, the Golden Bear himself. And now for the win. Inside, a foot and a half, back and through. And that's in. John Rahm's your winner and number one in the official World Golf Ranking. on this Monday morning, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number, courtesy of uh, CBS Sports there, John Rahm winning the uh, Memorial, and Tiger Woods getting a couple, oh boy, you, you talk about, yeah, where, where's the objectivity in that, uh, Broads, uh, you know, stay, oh yeah, the, the, the Tiger we all know and love, I don't love him, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't love him, geez, you know, talk about objectivity being thrown right out the window. Nice job there. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, good old uh, John Rom. There seems to be a lot of importance put on being number one. I don't really don't know why. In a sport that really is week to week, you know, the pecking order for me, majors, you know, win the major. That, that, you know, at the top of the list of goals for a golfer is win majors. Then it should be win tournaments. You want to throw those goofy Ryder Cups and European Cups and Tea Cups in there. You could throw that in there. But being number one, that's that's like a an afterthought. I I would think it would be like an afterthought. You know, it's not like winning a World Series. It's not at like end of the year. You know, at the end of the year, you'll be considered the number one guy. I I suppose, but I just as soon win five tournaments and finish dead last, not make the cut and all the others, and be ranked number ten than I would win three tournaments, uh, be in the top ten of all the other tournaments and be ranked number one. So I I don't know why they they put that much credence into number one, but they do. So there you go. Rob wins. Uh, no big deal. Had a big big lead. And I'll tell you, the Wetzel Black Cloud, yeah, you guys don't know that uh, too much, the new listeners, but the LLs, the loyal listeners, oh, they know how powerful the Wetzel Black Cloud is. And it was in full force this weekend. Uh, and it cost us. My bad. It did. I'll take full blame for it. Absolute full blame. We should have been holding on to a winner. We played three guys, Tony Finau, Jordan Speed, Jason Day. We played basically those three every single week. We're going to hope at least one time, at least once they come through. And uh, we walk home a winner for the season. So I'm up at my father's house in Jersey. I live on Long Island, uh, working all day uh, Friday and Saturday. I get home Saturday evening to make a long story short. You know, they have a replay of all the golf stuff on the golf channel or one of the goofy channels, NBC's channel, CBS's channel. So I turn it on. And the moment I turn it on, I watch about 10 minutes or so, strangely enough, before they actually put up a leaderboard. And there I see our boy Tony Finau with a four-shot lead. I'm like, holy fudge, we're holding on to a 55-to-1 ticket on Finau. I mean, at, at absolute worst, right? We're heading into Sunday with, I'm figuring, again, at worst, a one-shot lead. But, you know, the way things are going, maybe a four, five, six-shot lead, we could basically have this thing wrapped up. I mean, oh, this is just great. So let me sit back. Let me watch a little golf here. Long, tough weekend. Open up my can of bud. Got a little bit of Johnny Walker here. Got some sunflower seeds. I am set, right? Let me watch Tony take us across the finish line. From that point on, 
he shot nine over par from finishing his round, which had about, I want to say, five, maybe six holes left Saturday throughout Sunday. He was nine over. The guy was at minus 11 or minus 12 with a four-shot lead. I turn it on. The first shot I see, it goes way to the right. He butchers that shot. He butchers the next shot. He has a five on a par three. He went from a four-shot lead. The second-place guy birdied. He went from a four-shot lead to a one-shot lead two minutes into me watching him play his third round, and it was all downhill from there. As I'm watching this guy, he had bad shot after bad shot after bad shot over the last, like I said, four or five holes. I, I said, how the, how the fudge did this guy get to 12 under par? I, I mean, how, you know, he is playing like I'm playing on a mid-Thursday afternoon. I mean, holy crow. The Wetzel Black Cloud just absolutely pounded Tony Finau. Sorry, Tony. What can I tell you? I, I, I should have, you know, stayed at my father's house, or I should have barbecued a little bit more before I just sat down and watched TV. It, it's all it's all my fault. It's it just, you know, it's the Wetzel Black Cloud fault. I mean, it's just amazing how that thing goes, right? I mean, how many times you see that? You turn the TV set on, you, you turn a ball game on, your team's leading three to nothing or four to one, whatever, and it just goes straight downhill. It's just straight downhill. There are basketball games that stuff happens all the time for me, all the time, especially NBA games. I'll turn on the game, and the team I'm rooting for is up, you know, whatever, 7 to 12 points, and, you know, the other team automatically goes on a 6 nothing run or 8 nothing run to cut it to 3 or 4. I'm like, I got to turn it off. Then I'll go back to it five minutes later, and my team will be back up by 11 or 12, and I'll watch, and the other team, you know, makes it uh, a 6 nothing run again and gets it back within striking distance. That stuff happens to me all the time, and it did with Finau today, and it just uh, and yesterday. Just I, I like I said, I don't know what he did to get that four shot lead and move to eleven or twelve under par, one of the two. But it was just disaster from the point I started watching him. So our fifty five to one on Finau out the window, our fifty five to one on Jason Day out the window, and our seventy to one for Jordan Spieth out the window as well. So three losers. The only encouraging news. And really, one tournament has nothing to do with the other. But, you know, Finau did finish eighth, uh, ended up at, at minus two, plus six yesterday, plus nine again since I watched him. Um, so he finished at, at, you know, tied for eighth. Jason Day actually finished at minus four. He finished tied for fourth. And Speed was uh, tied for 13th as he finished up at plus one. So we had three guys, and all three were on the leaderboard, all finished within 13th place or higher. Which is not bad, but, uh, you know, that and a cup of coffee will get you uh, nothing. You know, and it doesn't, you know, that's how golf is. That's why golf is so tough. 50 zillion golfers out there. And you could pick a guy going fourth, eighth, and 13th, and it gets you absolutely nothing. So, and I don't like playing top five or top 10. We would have had a couple of winners, but the, the odds dropped dramatically. It, it, to me, it's a waste of time. But, you know, so we were there. We were right there, but uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get across the finish line. Tiger Woods, our plays. You know, as far as I know, they went three and one, but I'm not really sure. Uh, he did not miss the cut, although when he finished up uh, Friday, it looked like he was going to. He was at minus two or uh, two, uh, two over, plus two, and it looked like the cut was going to be, you know, plus three. So we were pretty good, not even plus two. It was going to be plus three, 
but then everyone else screwed up and actually ended up being plus four. So he actually made the cut with room to, to breeze when in reality, when he finished up, he didn't look like he was going to. So we lost that one, but we had the over two and a half bogeys round one. We had Brooks Kepka making the cut uh, winner there. Uh, we had a double bogey or worse. Now I said I was not going to play it, so I didn't. It was minus three eighty. It was not going to go, you know. Even though I was positive he would hit at least a two over on one of those holes, which he did. That would have been a winner if he played that. And Tiger Woods' longest drive over three hundred twenty and a half yards. I actually I don't even know. I, I don't know if that was a winner. So hopefully it was if you guys played it. But uh, to be quite honest, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know how you can even look that up unless you just go back and figure out because. Uh, I just noticed the bet. I didn't actually place that one in there. So, uh, and so Tiger finishes uh, for his round. Oh, by the way, plus six, tied for 40th. Not awful, I suppose. But if you're Tiger Woods and you're a big Tiger fan, like clearly CBS is, you were hoping for a little bit better than plus six. You know, you were you were thankful that he actually made the cut, so you could you know watch him Saturday and Sunday. And actually, didn't show him too much on Sunday. But uh, as far as it making any kind of impact, no, that that did not happen. So there's your golf. Uh, John Rom, who cares? Number one overall, big deal. He ends up. All right, 844-843-6879, a toll-free telephone number. Hope calls, emails, tweets, all coming up. Football in trouble, so is Major League Baseball. Next time, the Bengals that means. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. I'll get to some phone calls here in about the 10 minutes. Let me finish up here on a little golf with the little Bryson DeChambeau, our new favorite whipping boy, failing to make the cut. Thank you very much. Thanks in large part to a 10 on, I think it was the 15th hole on Friday. Oh, yes. Little Royd Rage number two kicking in for Bryson DeChambeau there. As he didn't like one of the rulings that was, uh, listen, golf has so many ridiculous rules. They really, you know, you can uh, you can move a, a 150-pound boulder, but you can't move a twig. You know, you could uh, throw your club into the sand, or excuse me, into the woods or whatever, but you can't let it uh, touch uh, the sand on a sand track. I mean, there's so many dopey little goofy rules and interpretation so there, there was one where the ball was a lie, and I thought he thought it was a penalty. I, I, who the heck knows? But it's straight Bryson DeChambeau, and he failed to make the cut. How about that? Yeah, go win your little Rocket Mortgage Classic two weeks ago when there's nothing but Joe Schmo weekend hackers playing, playing a real tournament, Jack's tournament, where everyone is watching. The big TV cameras are there. Tiger is there. Mickelson's there. All the big boys are there. All the pressure's on good old Bryson. 
and he implodes with a 10 and fails to make the cut. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. But I will say he did have someone come to his defense, former golfer, now working the TV network over on the Golf Channel, Brando Chambly. When talked about the Royd stuff, we're not the only ones that bring up Royds when it comes to uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And it's been on social media all over the place, and deservedly so. Not making any accusations, just a little curious, that's all. So get a load of this, though. This, uh, this is an absolute joke. So Chambly coming to DeChambeau's uh, defense. Yes, power comes along every now and then that makes you shake your head. But it's very difficult to hit it long with any degree of accuracy. And that's where, in my opinion, he's not getting the respect or recognition that he deserves. Okay, fair enough. Got you that. Uh, what about that recognition? He says, no, on the other hand, he is getting recognition, so he changed his thoughts on that. But there's a whole lot of people that think he's taking PEDs. It's everywhere on social media, he says. Believe me, though, the PGA Tour is testing. Is it? Is it really? You know, are they really going to expose the their, their, you know, the golden goose right now with Tiger basically being out of it? Would they really tell the world he's on roids? I really doubt it. But again, okay. We believe that. But get a load of this, though. He further goes on to say, besides that, if he actually did do this and it came out that he was, which not for one second, I believe, he says, it would ruin his life. It would ruin his reputation. You're talking about a guy that lives for this game of golf. He doesn't do anything else but play and practice. When you follow Bryson's career, there's a strong sense of character and a strong sense of respect for the traditions of the game. So there's not one chance that he's taken the PEDs. What's the problem, Scott? If that's the basis of your believing that the Shambo isn't on roids, then you're an idiot. I, I, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. You want to tell me that the PGA Tour does testing? You want to tell me you don't see any needle marks in his arm? You want to tell me, you know, uh, there's no needle marks in his ass? You want to tell me uh, you've not been able to confirm anything from any other golfer that, uh, you know, he approached them about taking roids or, you know, he doesn't have uh, Dr. Galea as a, as, a, as a doctor? You know, you want to tell me all that, okay, you can use that as a basis. But if you're going to use that a golfer is not going to take roids because it's going to ruin his reputation. Well, again, then you're just an idiot because I'll tell you what, there was no person, nobody more dedicated to the, the golfing world than Tiger Woods. And look what uh, happened with him. You know, was he ever on roids? You, you make the call. He was with a doctor that was caught for, for busted for, for having steroids up in Canada. I mean, so, and, and Tiger went through all these miraculous recoveries from, uh, all the injuries he's had, you know, there, there's long, long, long been speculation about Tiger. So, uh, and we all know Tiger did damn near everything else but roids if he didn't do the roids themselves. So nobody, but nobody was more dedicated to the game than Tiger Woods, and he fell trapped to some of this stuff. When you want to talk about having respect and tradition for yourself, again, nobody, but nobody had more on the line than Tiger Woods whether it was coming into the golfing world with all the pressure from his father, whether it was the success he had, whether it was all the people throwing a gazillion dollars at him, he had a ton of pressure, and he still succumbed to all the other crap that we know of. You want to tell me Rafael Palmeiro with his 500 home runs 
didn't have a lot on the line. You want to tell me Barry Bonds with all the things? He's a future Hall of Famer without one needle in his ass. He's a future Hall of Famer. You tell me he didn't have anything on the line when he decided to take roids? You want to tell me the same thing about Roger Clemens or Alex Rodriguez or all the, any of the other Reuters? They all, they all had great reputations. They all had several things on the line. That didn't stop them. Didn't stop Rafael Palmero. You know, when he's sticking his finger out of Congress saying, I did not take steroids. We all know that, right? We all know also he was lying through his teeth. So don't tell me a man's character is the reason why you don't think he's on roid. Again, you want to tell me all the other things, specifics, examples, testing? Okay, that's your belief. But don't tell me you just believe him because he has too much riding on it and he's too dedicated to the game to ever do that. Oh, okay. Again, Rafael Palmero, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, perhaps Tiger Woods. You know, they weren't dedicated to the game. Huh? They had nothing on the line. It's, it's a stupid defense if that's the best he can come up with. Real, it really is. 844-843-6879. Uh, welcome to the party, NFL players. You know, it, it, this is amazing to me that here we are, you know, a week or so away from players having to report for training camp. And now, now, all of a sudden, they're going back to the owners and saying, hey, what are you guys doing to help us make sure we're going to be safe for this virus? I, I mean, you, you talk about just being bird brains. I mean, hello, any, anybody there? You know, we've had this coronavirus for freaking three months now. You knew training camp was coming up. You knew what Major League Baseball was going through. You saw NHL and NBA trying to figure things out with these so-called bubbles. Uh, where the fudge were you guys? Now, all of a sudden, you didn't think about it in February. You didn't think about it in March or April or May or June when we had all this sports chaos pertaining to the virus. Now, at the tail end of July, when you're about to report, now you're going to go back to the owners and say, hey, guys, is it going to be safe for us or not? I mean, you talk about being stupid. I, I Generally, I try and side with the players. I really do in, the, in these things, uh, even though I'm an owner's guy, but I do feel sympathetic. I do feel sympathetic for the players because, you know, generally speaking, the NFL players are a bunch of bozos when it comes to contract negotiations. They have by far the worst. You know, even the NHL is better than the, than the NFL. So I, I, I like to take their side on some of these things, but, you know, geez, you've had months now to get with the owners and figure out what this is going to be. Why does everything have to be a bone of contention? Why can't both sides just say, hey, listen, you know, I, I know we, we got some concerns here. So let, let's figure this all out, guys. Let, let's have a couple of meetings here in June, maybe in May when the NBA and NHL, like I said, are going at it. Major League Baseball, geez, it was a headline every single day in Major League Baseball about how they couldn't come to terms. When, when Major League Baseball players were bitching and complaining with the MLB owners, it, it didn't behoove one NFL player rep to say, hey, you know what, guys? We got to figure this out ourselves as well. Because chances are a month, month and a half from now, this is not going to be any different. We're all hoping it is, but chances are it's not. We got to go on worst case scenario. So let's get this thing ironed out now. Let's all get on the same page. Let's, that doesn't have to be confrontational and, and figure it all out. But they don't do that. They wait for a week before training camp starts to realize, oh, my gosh, hey, we, we got the coronavirus still. We, we got to make this safe. So now they're bitching and complaining to the owners, and I don't care about what they want or what they don't want. And, you know, basically they want it safe, and you would think the owners want it safe as well. But it, it's, it's just idiotic that here we are on July 20th, and this is the first time 
seemingly anyway, that they've gone back to the owners and really, really showed some concern about the coronavirus. And But but then they're going to ask for sympathy with these idiotic tweets, uh, hashtag we want to play. Well, you moped. You should have thought about that two months ago when they were figuring everything out with all the other sports. I mean, jeez. And it, it took a Dolphins quarterback, Byron Jones. Who cares? It is the guy they got from the Cowgirls. I mean, it didn't take Drew Brees, didn't take Tom Brady, didn't take Aaron Rodgers, didn't take Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson or any of the other, like, really big, 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 big name players. Uh, you know, it took a Dolphin dopey quarterback, albeit getting paid nicely, overpaid for me, for my purposes, but whatever. Um, you know, it, it took some, you know, dopey Dolphin quarterback to come up with the idea of, like, gee, you know, we better, you know, send out some tweets and we better, you know, get this thing underway because, uh, you know, we got to put some pressure on the owners. It's dumb. It, it is absolutely idiotic to me that now they're all of a sudden concerned about the coronavirus like this thing happened last week. Wow. I mean, and then this little hashtag, we want to play. Okay. Gee, when's the last time a, a, a group of players sent out the, you know, kind of proverbial collective all-in-one hashtag on tweets? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, where and when. Remember, remember those little tweets we got from Major League Baseball players, you know, Bryce Harper and, and Mike Trout and, and all the other clowns that, that told Major League Baseball owners, all right, do whatever you want, just tell us when and where. Remember that little campaign they had? Yeah, how'd that turn out? No, yes, they got rules and they got regulations, but they also had a lot of people dropping out after the fact. So, boy, NFL players are just both. Both of coming up, they that be some money. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning, 844-843-6879. I'm with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Hit some phone calls here. One quick little tweet here. My favorite tweet of the weekend came from uh, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Now uh, Browns, uh, you know, Mr. Rich himself. Uh, and God bless him. Uh, you know, no no will, ill will against him if the dopey Browns are, you know, dumb enough to give him the contract they gave him. But uh, he sent out a tweet yesterday saying, if the NFL doesn't do their part, meaning its part, doesn't do its part to keep players healthy. There's no football in 2020. It's that simple. Hashtag, of course, we want to play. And it's funny because, I don't know, the last time we saw Miles Garrett on a football field, he was swinging a helmet at someone's head. You know, so now, now all of a sudden he's concerned about players' health, you know, for 2020, when the last time, again, he was on a field, he was looking to decapitate Mason Rudolph of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, okay, Miles, you know, uh, I, I got to tell you, brother, you know, no one really cares what you think. You know, you have to do something 
uh, to eliminate that from your resume somehow, some way, goodwill, you know, play a season or two, God forbid, without getting yourself into trouble before you can all of a sudden be a spokesperson. I don't care how much money the Cleveland Browns pay you. You're not going to become a spokesperson in the NFL, at least not in my world, not in mainstream America's world, I don't think, until we see the Browns have some success, you have more success, and, you know, eliminate, uh, you know, what happened last week or last year, you know. And it wouldn't be a bad gesture. Now, I'm sure it's going to come up a ton, you know, when the Browns do play the Steelers. But it wouldn't be a bad gesture for him to, at that point, say, you know, thinking about it, maybe he really didn't use the N-word. Maybe he said night, and I thought he said, mm, you know, maybe he said something, maybe my, my tempers, you know, got in the way of my judgment on what was said, because don't forget those allegations. So, again, you can't be the face of the franchise. Uh, one quick baseball thing before we hit the phones here. Again, 844-843-6879. Oh, Red Sox fellow, fellow Red Sox fans. Did you see what has happened over the weekend? Our guy, and he'll always be our guy, until he puts on that dopey Dodger uniform. Our guy, Mookie Betts, best player in baseball, bar none, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, you know. Uh, I'm trying to come up with another stanky. Um, Aaron Judge with his two home runs last night. Giancarlo Stanton hit a monster shot, I will say that. But best player in baseball, bar none, Mookie Betts, currently on an L.A. Dodger roster, liked a bunch of Red Sox tweets over the weekend. I guess some guys sent out some highlights and different things, and he liked them all. Now, if you're a Red Sox fan like yours truly, is that a sign that maybe, just maybe, he wants to return to Boston? Because don't forget, he's going to become a free agent after this season, 60 games, short while. You know, you know, maybe he's going to come to his senses. Maybe the Red Sox, uh, you know, with the, I don't know if a good year or a bad year would, would influence them or him on making a reunion. But... If you want to look positive, and we all know I'm Mr. Positive, uh, I take that as a very, very, very good sign. You know, why would you go out of your way to like not one but several posts? Um, you know, you could do it as a favor. You could do it as, uh, okay, I want to help this guy out, get his Twitter feed up or his Instagram feed up or his YouTube feed up. Don't forget to like ours, by the way. Um but, you know, the Red Sox and Mookie Betts are not concerned about that. He's doing it to show the world, yeah, oh, yes, I am coming back to Beantown. Take that, Stanky fans. We may have a tough year as uh, one of our pitchers, uh, Colin McHugh, the guy we got from the Astros, opted out because he wasn't healthy anyway. But uh, you know what? We uh, is it The tortoise and the hare. We may lose the race this year, but we may win the big overall race if Mookie Betts decides he wants out of L.A. and is willing to come back to Boston. Ah, uh, yes, it's a beautiful thing. And we still got to find a home for the Toronto Blue Jays. I harped on it last week, and the Canadian government over the weekend said, nope, not happening. You know, we could have our bubble. We could have our NHL bubbles in Edmonton and uh, Toronto, but those those teams and players aren't moving back and forth across country, line, uh, country lines. So the Blue Jays obviously would have to. So they said no. Now there's some talk that uh, maybe Pittsburgh, they want to split a stadium. They could go with PNC Park in Pittsburgh. They could play in Buffalo. 
I guess the Blue Jay players really want to play in a major league ballpark. They just assume, you know, split one versus playing one of the uh, AAA affiliate sites or down in Dunedin. Um, so Blue Jays, here we are again. I, I mentioned it. Uh, major league baseball season starts in four days. Now their first home game isn't until July 29th, but the, it's a week uh, before their first home game and four days before the first game of the regular season's resumption or, or starts anyway. And the Toronto Blue Jays don't know where they're playing. That, that is just amazing to me. It really is. All right, 844-843-6879. To the phones we go, as we always do. We lead off with our good buddy, Johnny in Manhattan on this Monday, July 20th morning. 46 What's up, John? How are you today? Hey, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? You know, I was thinking about your Blue Jays uh thing just now you know scott there's no no one in the stands who cares they can just stay in the uh away you know the same ballpark and just be the home team is it really a big deal if they don't get to play any games north of the border uh well the biggest thing would be just be the well too the familiarity of the stadium you know just you know knowing it's your ballpark and but more importantly not having to hop on a plane and staying in a hotel. You get to, you know, you get to stay in your own homes, you know, with your family and friends and all that stuff. So you're on a 60 game road trip. Um, and, and what do you, you know, how do you pack for that? You know, let's just say it is Pittsburgh. Um, you know, how much stuff do you pack for your home in Pittsburgh? You're going to be living there. And then you got to hop on planes, you know, every week or so to go on these road trips. And then you're going back to Pittsburgh. You're not going back to Toronto. So you're, you're away from your family. You know, these NBA players are bitching about, you know, being in a bubble for a month and a half, maybe two months. Well, these guys are going to be in a bubble, you know, if they make the postseason for at least three months, if, if you know, three and a half months. So, but ultimately, no, you're, you're right. There's no people in the stands, but they are, unlike with the NBA and NHL, where they're all in one place. You know, Toronto, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, they do have to fly all over the country to go to all these different games. I'm thinking they'll probably be happy. They don't have to be home with the wife and the kids that are bouncing off the walls because all the summer camps are canceled, Scott. They'll probably yeah, be happy I, to I don't away. doubt that. I don't doubt that. I, you know, I don't hear them complaining, John, about them having to play elsewhere. All I hear is that they, you know, want to play in a, in a real baseball stadium, not a, a triple-A affiliate. And I'm guessing, quite frankly, that's not because of the stadium dimensions and, and everything. It, it's because of the uh, locker rooms. That That's really what I'm figuring out. That's what their concern is. But again, you know, um, they'd have to clean those locker rooms thick and through, you know, when the Pirates are in town, if it is Pittsburgh, and then to clean them again when, when the Blue Jays come into town and back and forth. But I bet it's the amenities of the ballpark that they're really concerned about, not the field itself. Scott, no sooner had I figured out that Bubba Wallace and Bubba Watson are not the same person than you hit us with the story that Brandel Chambly is yeah, defending yeah. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, Scott, you know, it is pretty early here on the East Coast. You know, you're going to make me start drinking coffee soon. I know, it, it, you know, me too. I had to like double check the names. He's talking about himself as his third person, Ricky Henderson here. What, what is you know? But it, uh, yeah, but I remember Chambly as a player. So, it's a, but it is pretty darn close. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were uh, mocking him because he was saying there's not one chance that uh, he's taking P the PEDs, and uh, there's a strong sense of character, a strong sense of respect for the traditions of the game. It would ruin his reputation. You know, it is a dopey quote because anyone uh, who follows sports knows that A-Royd, after, you know, I'm going to knock A-Royd, I mean, he's a Yankee fan, but A-Royd took steroids. 
no one's really holding that against him. You know, granted, he has the uh, super hot fiance, but he's in a he's been staying in the public eye to buy the Mets. No one really, really, at the end of the day, gives a crap that he did all those rights and, and lied about it. So I'm just surprised that Chambly thinks that DeChambeau is super duper worried about having his reputation tarnished, tarnished were he to, uh, in fact, fail a Royd test. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you know, that, that's a, a good call, John. I appreciate the, the call. That's a great point, and I should have pointed that out as well. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you could look at Rodriguez and say, hey, listen, you know what? Yeah, Bonds is ostracized a little bit, but he's a mope, and Clemens, you know, his denials are keeping him away, But uh, and Rafael Palmeiro's just basically gone in hiding. But, you know, I have Andy Pettit, you know, people love, and he was a two-time loser. I got Alex Rodriguez, you know, he's a, a gazillion-time loser when it comes to roids, and he's the face of Major League Baseball, for goodness sake. He's trying to put a, a consortium together to buy a team. So any kind of... Red flag, oh, my God, this is going to put a stigma on me. If I ever do this, tarnish my image. You just look at a couple of these guys, A-Royd in particular, and say, no, no, that, that's, that's not that's further can be from the truth. Uh, it's just the opposite in the case of Alex Rodriguez. So, again, that, that, would, that would be a dumb reason to think that somebody is not doing it. Uh, Charles in West Virginia. Welcome to Bagel's Bad Beats on the known as Wheeling, West Virginia. Hey, good morning, Scott. You're not in Wheeling, right? Charles, that was another West Virginia call we usually get from, I think, Richie. Hey, hey, Scott. Yes. Um, the, the other day, Richard, I think it's Richard from Wheeling, asked what part of West Virginia I'm from. It's, uh, I live in Falling Waters, West Virginia, which is on the eastern panhandle. I'm right on the Maryland line. So if I were to go visit Richard in Wheeling, 75% of my trip would be in Pennsylvania, which is weird about West Virginia. Okay. Falling Waters. Boy, what a great no, name. It, you know, that's one thing about West Virginia. They got all kinds of cool good, names. It, Those it, are real names. <laughs> you know? Those are real names. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I live it's, it's in like, Falling Waters, a, West Virginia. That, that that sounds cool. That really does. <laughs> and we got the Potomac River flows to our place, so that's, uh, that's I, I don't know why they call it that. There's a reason why they call it Falling Waters, but I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I've only lived there about 15, uh, probably about 10, 15 years. I'm not, it sounds like you know, an Indian name. Anything. It sounds like something from the Indians, you know, with all, all the names they had. Of, oh, know, you could. Something like that. That's what I'm guessing. I know it's a, I, I know it's a lot of, I, I know it's a lot of Civil War history around there because of the, uh, we're right on the Mason-Dixon line, so I know there was a lot of battles and stuff like that. And a place called Harper's Ferry is near us, and that's, that's famous for something with the right. Civil War. I've heard of that. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Cool. Yep. Hey, Scott, I, what, my, one of my questions was, you know, I'm not a real baseball, I'm not a baseball fan, period, but, I, you know, I'm following it because of sports, just, just the news of it. And I know they were piping in crowd noise this weekend with the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Now, when the season starts, if they still have to pipe in the crowd noise, I don't know about baseball, but I know in football, sometimes the home team will get um, overtaken by the visiting team. So when the visiting team does something good at the other team's stadium, It'll get so loud. Will they will they be able to do that? And does that happen in baseball too? And will they be able to do it with the crowd noise? Yeah, it's, you know it's a good uh, good question, that, Charles. I, I watched the Mets Yankees game Saturday night, and the crowd. I tell you, the crowd noise was pretty good. And I went into it thinking it was going to be hokey or over the top, but it wasn't. But that those were right. two New York teams. So when the Mets did something well, they were, or when the Yankees did something well, they were the designated uh, road team. 
Um, you know, the, the crowd noise wasn't crazy for a crowd noise to be cheering uh, because it's a Yankee and, and uh, you know, Mets situation. But, um, you know, good call, Charles. I appreciate it. But I, I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, you can't have silence, right? I mean, you can't have it the same as a home team, I would think. But overall, well, we'll talk about it when we come back. The, the broadcast from Saturday night wasn't too bad. But it, that is something that they have to kind of figure it out. 844-843-6879. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On a Monday morning, right back to the phones we go. Paul in West Orange, New Jersey. Paul, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Paul, what's up? What's your take on what's your take on Ron being assessed that penalty because a TV camera caught it? Yeah, I don't know, uh, the see ball at the end. Moving? Yeah, yeah, with the ball moving for his chip shot. Um. Yeah. I don't like that stuff. I, I you know, listen, a, a golf is supposed to be, you know, the gentleman's game. Um, if it's not, you know, 100% intentional, which I don't think it was, uh, then th- these penalties that are caught on TV versus, you know, they have 50 zillion uh, guys that walk around the course, judges and, and whatever, referees, umpires, whatever you want to call them. And so if they don't catch it, then I, it, to me, it's no big deal. You know, if it was something that really, really helped his lie, then, then obviously. But, you know, the ball was moving a little bit. I, I, I think those things are dopey, Paul. Yeah, well, I, my take always was then you would have to have a camera on every shot of every guy at every tournament. Right. Yeah, right. Why is one guy, you know, generally the leaders, those on the leaderboard, right? Why are they being scrutinized? a hell of a lot more than obviously the guy that's in 10th place, 12th place, 13th place that doesn't have cameras, you know, uh, on top of them all the time. It's, tr- it's a good point. You could never do that in the NFL. Yeah. Think about that in the NFL. You know, one, one arena, one stadium has instant replay, but the next stadium doesn't. Or one side of the field has instant replay, but the other side doesn't. I mean, yeah, go- golf's a little anal, Paul, with, with, uh, with, with some of their rules. It's just, you know, when you start allowing, and we've seen it before, and I appreciate the phone call, but we, we've seen it before where guys call up watching on TV and, and, and get golfers uh, penalized. That stuff is just goofy. Uh, the ball moved a little bit before he did a chip shot, which he actually hold. It was a great shot. Uh, and he got a two-stroke penalty on it, which is just dumb. All right, one hour in the books, one full to go. Bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning. This guy wants SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 